professing themselves to be wise, they become fools, who change the truth of God into a lie. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly. St. Paul, Romans, 1. He slipped into a corner booth away from the dancing men, where it was quietest, where the odors of musk and frangipini hung less heavenly in the air. A slender lamp glowed softly in the booth. He turned it down, down to where only the club's blue overheads filtered through the beaded curtain, diffusing, blurring the image thrown back by the mirrored walls of his light, thin-boned handsomeness. Um, yes, sir. The barboy stood through the beads and stood smiling, clad in golden sequin trunks. His greased muscles seemed to roll in independent motion, like fat snakes beneath his naked skin. Whiskey, Jesse said. He caught the nonchalant grin, the broad white tooth crescent that formed on the young man's face tried to control the flow of blood to his cheeks. Yes, sir. Running his thick tanned fingers over his solar plexus, tapping the fingers, making them hop in a sinuous dance. He hesitated, still smiling. This time questioningly, hopefully, a smile drenched in admiration and desire. The finger dance, the accepted symbol, stopped. The pudgy brown digits curled into angry fists. Right away, sir. Jesse watched him turn. Before the beads had tinkled together, he watched the handsome athlete make his way imperiously through the crowds, shaking off the tentative hands of single men at the tables, ignoring the many desired symbols directed towards him. That shouldn't have happened. Now the fellow's feelings were hurt. If hurt enough, he would start thinking wondering, and that would ruin everything. No, it must be put right. Jesse thought of Mina, of the beautiful Mina. It was such a rotten chance. It had to go right. Your whiskey, sir, the young man said. His face looked like a dog's face, large and sad. His lips were a pouting blot of line. Jesse reached into his pocket for some change. He started to say something. Something nice. It's paid for, sir, the barboy said. He scowled and laid a card on the table and left. The card carried the name E.J. 2 Hobart, embossed in lavender ink. Jesse heard the curtains tinkle. <laughs> Hello. I hope you don't mind me barging in like this. But you didn't seem to be with anyone. The man was small, chubby and bald. His face had a dirty growth of beard and it looked out of tiny eyes encased in bulging contacts. He was bare to the waist, his white hairless chest dropped and turned into folds at the stomach. Softly, more subtly than the barboy had done, he put his porky stubs of fingers into a suggestive rhythm, and Jesse smiled. 
Thanks for the drink, he said. But I really am expecting someone. Oh, the man said. Someone special? Yeah, pretty special, Jesse said smoothly. Now that the words have become automatic, he's my fiance. Oh, I see, the man frowned momentarily and then brightened. Well, I thought to myself, I said, EJ, a beauty like that couldn't have very well be unattached. But well, it would certainly be worth a try. I'm sorry. It's perfectly all right, Jesse said. The predatory little eyes were rolling, the fingers dancing in one last-ditch attempt. Good evening, Mr. Herbert. Bluey veins showed under the whiteness of the man's nearly feminine mummy. Jesse felt slightly amused this time. It was the other kind. The intent ones. The humorless ones like... Like the bar boy. That repulsed him. Turned him ill. Made him want to take a knife and carve unspeakable ugliness into his own smooth, aesthetic face. The man turned and wallowed away crabwise. The club was becoming more crowded. It was getting later and... Heads full of liquor shook away the inhibitions of the earlier hours. Jesse tried not to watch, but he had long given up trying to rid himself of his fascination. So he watched the men together, the pair over in the far corner pressing close together, dancing with their bodies, never moving their feet, swaying in some slow, lissom movements to the music, their tongues twisting in the air, jerking like pink snakes contracting to two points and curling invitingly, barely making touch, then snapping back. The tongue dance. The couple seated by the bar. One a beast, the other a hunter. The beast old, his cheeks caked hard and cracked with powder and liniments, the perfume rising from his body like steam. The hunter, young but handsome, the fury evident in his eyes, the hurt anger at having to make do with the beast from time to time, he would look around, wetting his lips in shame. And those two just coming in, dressed in mother's uniforms, tanned, mustached, proud of their station. Jesse held the beads apart. Mina must come soon. He wanted to run from this place, out into the air and into the darkness and silence. No. He just wanted Mina, to see her, to touch her, listen to the music of her voice. Two women came in, arm in arm, beast and hunter, and drunk. They were stopped at the door, angrily, shrilly, and told to leave. The manager swept by Jesse's booth, muttered about them, asking why they should want to come dirtying up the phallus with their presence when they had their own section, their own clubs. Jesse pulled his head back inside. He'd gotten used to the light by now, so he closed his eyes against his multiplied image. The distorted sounds of love got louder. The sing-song syrup of voices. Deep, throaty, baritone falsetto. It was crowded now. The orgies would begin before long, and the couples would pair off for the cubicles. He hated the place, but close to orgy time and you didn't get noticed here. And where else would you go? Outside, where every inch of pavement was patrolled electronically, 
Every word, a conversation, every movement recorded, cataloged, and filed. Damn Nutson. Damn that little man. Thanks to him. To the senator. Jesse was now a criminal. Before, it wasn't so bad. Not this bad, anyway. You were laughed at and shunned and fired from your job. Sometimes kiddos lobbed stones at you. But at least you weren't hunted. Now, it was a crime. A sickness. He remembered when Nutson had taken over. It had been one of the little man's first telecasts. In fact, it was the platform that got him the majority vote. Vice is on the upswing in our city. In the dark corners of every unit, preservations blossom like an evil flower. Our children are exposed to its stink. And they wonder, our children wonder, why nothing is done to put a halt to this disgrace. We have ignored it long enough. The time has come for action, not mere words. The perverts who infest our lands must be fleshed out, eliminated completely, as a threat not only to public morals, but to society at large. These sick people must be cured and made normal. The disease that throws men and women together in this dreadful abnormal relationship that leads to acts of retrogression. Retrogression? That will, unless it is stopped and stopped fast, push us inevitably back to the status of animals. This is to be considered as any other disease. It must be conquered as heart trouble, cancer, polio, schizophrenia, paranoia. All other diseases have been conquered. The women's senator had taken Nutson's lead and issued a similar pronunciamento. And then the bill became law, and the law was carried out. Jesse sipped at the whiskey, remembering the hunts. How the frenzied mobs had gone through the city at first, chanting, yelling, bearing place cards with slogans. Wipe out the heteros, kill the queers, make our city clean again and how they'd lost interest finally after the passion had worn down and the novelty had ended. But they had killed many, and they had sent many more to the hospitals. He remembered the nights of running and hiding, choking dry breath glued to his throat, heart rattling and loose. He had been lucky. He didn't look like a hetero. They said you could tell one just by watching him walk. Jesse walked correctly. He fooled them. He was lucky. And he was a criminal. He, Jesse Four Martin, no different from the rest. Too born and machine nursed, raised in the charter schools like everyone else, was terribly different from the rest. And it happened. His awful suspicions had crystallized. On his first formal date, the man had been a rocketeer, the best high quality, even out of the hunter class. Mother had arranged it carefully. There was the dance, and then the ride into the space sled. The big man had put his arm around Jesse and Jess knew. He knew for certain, and it made him very angry and very sad. He remembered the days that came after the knowledge. Bad days. 
Days fallen upon evil. Black desires and deep chord frustrations. He tried to find a friend at the crooked clubs that flourished then, but it was no use. There was a sensationalism, a bravura to these people that he could not love. The sight of men and women together, too, shocked the parts of him he could not change and repulsed him. Then the vice squads had come and closed up the clubs and the heteros were forced underground and he never sought them out again or saw them. He was alone. The beads tinkled. Jess? He looked up quickly, afraid. It was Mina. She wore a loose man's shirt, an old hat that hid her golden hair. Her face was shadowed by the turned-up collar. Through the shirt, the rise and fall of her breasts could be faintly detected. She smiled once, nervously. Jesse looked out the curtain, and without speaking, he put his hands about her soft, thin shoulders and held her like this for a minute. Mina. She looked away. He pulled her chin forward and ran a finger along her lips. Then he pressed his body to hers, tightly touching her neck. Her back kissing her forehead, her eyes, and kissing her mouth. And they sat down. They sought for words, and the curtain parted. Beer, Jesse said, winking at the bar boy, who tried to come closer to see the one loved by this thin, handsome man. Yes, sir. The bar boy looked at Mina very hard, but she had turned and he could see only the back. Jesse held his breath. The bar boy smiled contemptuously then. A smile that said, You're insane. I was hired for my beauty. See my chest to look, a pectoral vision, my arms strong, my lips come. Were there ever such sensuous ones? And you turn me down for this bag of bones? Jesse winked again shrugged suggestively and danced his fingers. Tomorrow, my friend. I'm stuck tonight. Can't help it. Tomorrow. The bar boy grinned and left. In a few moments, he returned with the beer. On the house, he said. For Mina's benefit, she turned only when Jesse said softly, It's alright. He's gone. Jesse looked at her. Then he reached over and took off the hat. Blonde hair rushed out and over the rough shirt. She grabbed for the hat. We mustn't, she said. Please, what if someone should come in? No one will come in. I told you that. But what if... I don't know. I don't like it here. The man at the door, he almost recognized me. But he didn't. Almost, though. And then what? Forget it, Mina. For God's sake, let's not quarrel. She calmed. I'm sorry, Jesse. It's only that this place makes me feel... What? Dirty, she said defiantly. You don't believe that, do you? No, I don't. I just want to be alone. With you. Jesse took out a cigarette and started to use the lighter. Then he cursed and threw the vulgarly shaped object under the table and crushed the cigarette. You know that's impossible, 
he said. The idea of separate units for homes had disappeared, to be replaced by giant dormitories. There were no more parks, no country lanes. There was no place to hide at all. Thanks to Senator Knutson, to the little bald crest of this new sociological wave. This is all we have, Jesse said, throwing a sardonic look around the booth, with its carved symbols and framed pictures of entertainment stars, all naked and leering. They were silent for a time, hands interlocked on the tabletop. Then the girl began to cry. I... I can't go on like this, she said. I know it's hard, but what else can we do? Jesse tried to keep the hopelessness out of his voice. Maybe, the girl said. We ought to go underground like the rest. And hide there? Like rats? Jesse said. We're hiding here, Mina said. Like rats. Besides, Parker's getting ready to crack down. And I know Mina. I work at Central Dome after all. In a little while, there won't be any underground. I love you, the girl said, leaning forward, parting her lips for a kiss. Jesse, I do. She closed her eyes. Well, why won't they leave us alone? Why? Just because we're qu- Mina! I told you. They'll never use that word. It isn't true. We're not the queers. You've got to believe that. Years ago, it was normal for men and women to love each other. They married and had children together. That's the way it was. Don't you remember anything of what I've told you? The girl sobbed. Of course I do, but darling, that was a long time ago. Not so long ago. Where I work, listen to me. They have books. You know, I told you about books. I've read them, Mina. I learned what the words meant from other books. It's only been since the use of artificial insemination, not even 500 years ago. Yes, dear, the girl said. I'm sure, dear. Mina, stop that. We are not the unnatural ones, no matter what they say. I don't know exactly how it happened. Maybe, maybe as women gradually became equal to men in every way, or maybe solely because of the way that we're born, I don't know. But the point is, darling, the whole world was like us once. Even now, look at the animals. Jesse, don't you dare talk as if we're those horrid dogs and cats and things. Jesse sighed. He tried so often to tell her, to show her. But he knew exactly what she thought. That she felt that she was exactly what the authorities told her that she was. God. Maybe that's how all of them thought. All the crooked people. All the abnormal ones. The girl's hands caressed his arms and touch became suddenly repugnant to him. Unnatural. Terribly unnatural. Jesse shook his head. Forget it, he thought. Never mind. She's a woman and you love her and there's nothing wrong... Nothing wrong, nothing wrong in that. Or am I insane? Person of old days who 
was insane because he was so sure he wasn't insane because... Well, disgusting! It was the fat little man. The smiling masher. EJ2 Hobart. But he wasn't smiling now. Jesse got up and quickly stepped in front of Mina. What do you want? I thought I told you! The man pulled the metal disc from his trunks. Vice squad friend, he said. Better sit down. The disc was pointed at Jesse's belly. The man's arm was out of the curtain. Two men came in, holding discs. I've been watching you quite a while, mister, the man said. Quite a while. Look, Jesse said, I don't know what you're talking about. I work at Central Dome, and I'm seeing Miss Smith here on some business. Yes? We know all about that kind of business, the man said. Alright, I'll tell you the truth. I forced her to come here, I... Mister, didn't you hear me? I've said I've been watching you all evening. Let's go. One man took Mina's arm roughly, and the other two began to propel Jesse out through the club. Heads turned, tangled bodies moved embarrassingly. All right, all right, the little fat man said, his white skin glistening with perspiration. It's all right, folks. Go on back to whatever it is you were doing. He grinned and tightened his grasp on Jesse's arm. Mina didn't struggle. There was something in her eyes. It took Jesse a long time to recognize it. Then he knew. He knew what she had come to tell him tonight. That even if they didn't or hadn't been caught, she would have submitted to the cure voluntarily. No more worries then. No more guilt. No more meeting at midnight dives, feeling shame and feeling dirt. Mita didn't meet Jesse's look as they took her out into the street. You'll be okay, the fat man was saying. He opened the wagon's doors. They've got it down pat now. Couple days in the ward and one short session with the doctors and take out a few glands and make a few injections. Attach a few wires in your head and turn on a machine and presto. You'll be surprised. The fat officer leaned close, his sausage fingers dancing wildly near Jesse's face. Why, it'll make a new man out of you, he said. Then they closed the doors and locked them.